Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. This is Aurelia. I'm here with Glenn and Darcy. Today, we will be discussing an important um, element of purchasing property, uh, real estate property, due diligence. So I'll start with the definition of Investopedia. Uh, the general one, due diligence is an investigation, audit, or review performed to confirm facts or details of a matter under consideration. So in our case, it's purchasing real estate. So we will dive into it and, and try to provide some, um, some tips and tricks on how to, uh, to, to best do due diligence. Glenn, would you like to start us off? Ooh, I get to go first. Um, so some of the stuff for due diligence, I kind of usually look at this stuff a little different than, than you guys. So it might, might be a little bit on a different angle because we don't, I didn't know where I would go with this really. Um, but some of the stuff I do, I have to do once, like I do it, like, for instance, if I'm going to go check out a lender, right? So if I'm going to work with a lender the first time, I got to do my due diligence on the lender. And don't, you can't skip any of these people or any parts of the steps, but you don't necessarily need to do it every single time. Um, so anyway, um, I'll cut that out. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> uh, Anyway, what, what I, <clears throat> for instance, if I'm checking out a lender, uh, I want to, uh, you got to make sure you're not paying these lenders ahead of time. Sometimes they'll ask for setup fees, um, pay for certain things in order to get loans going. That's a red flag that they're not a real lender. Um, I pay for appraisers direct. That's about it. Um, I like to reverse look up lenders the first time to see if they're real. I don't like to work with VoIP phone numbers. So that's some of my due diligence. Um, <clears throat> all loan documents, they have like a Google, uh, um, sorry, they all have an address on them. So I like to Google street view a lender the first go to, to see what, if they're looking legit. Um, sometimes I skip trace some of their information to see what they're going. And, um, I don't like Gmail addresses on anybody. I think if you're a professional, you should have a professional email address. Um, so that's what I kind of quick overview of, uh, of my lenders that I check out. Um, but for do what, uh, what does skip trace mean for those who don't, who are not familiar with it? Oh, so you can, it'll like, you can put in like a phone number and I'll give you an address or you can, you know, it's basically like a, a reverse lookup that gives you way more information. Um, they're not expensive. It's like two bucks or something like that. Right. So you just want to kind of look up stuff a little bit more detailed, right. Kind of like a reverse lookup, but it can also go the other way. Actually, I guess. I, I described a reverse lookup. A skip trace is given address and it'll give you phone numbers, right? And so if you have like a, it's like Lending America 101, right? You can go find their address, put the address in, and it'll give you the phone number. So it's the phone number that's registered to that. And then you can go call the, the number for that building and then you'll be directed to the employee and you make sure they work there, stuff like that, right? You just want to make sure it all checks out whenever you're working with anybody new. Um, because there is a lot of lending scams, uh, especially depending where you're finding these these people, right? Um, a lot of my title work and stuff like that, I, I rely on a title company to to check everything, make check the liens, check all that stuff. So a lot of that stuff I I've delegated, like from our last show, off to other people. Um, I like to look at rent rolls as part of my due diligence when I'm looking at properties, even smaller properties. I need to uh, look at market value, what I can push these to, and what I can realistically push these through, and like everything to run it by a property manager to see if I realistically can push it to market value or if I'm just going to lose the whole building, right? What's the demand for the area? What's going on with that thing? <laughs> um, 
anyway, uh, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, so I, sometimes I check zoning. So I currently have a building that's mixed use, meaning it's commercial on the bottom, residential on the top. It, it, it's one of those things now off the start, I didn't really care. But then once you try to finance some of these properties, you realize it's pain the butt. Um, and like we talked about before with manufactured homes, um, which are not necessarily like a mobile home or stuff, um, stuff that just drops, uh, you know, they, they bring houses in big pieces to the site. Um, believe it or not, the when it shows up on title or on the property, that that's what kind of house it is. Sometimes it has trouble with lending too. So it's one of those things that's reason that's the reason I'm checking this is because I want to know, I don't have a problem owning either kind. I just want to make sure that I can finance these or refinance these, especially if I buy them in cash, right? Um, so whenever I'm getting my contractor to walk properties, I want them to be like checking mechanicals, the age, what needs to be replaced, what uh, what 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 is just to know what everything is. It doesn't, it's not a, a, a lot of people think it's a yes, no, it's, it's a need to know. I, I need yeah. to know where these uh, uh, mechanicals are. It doesn't mean that if it's old, I'm not going to do it, but if it's old, I'm going to replace it. I have to have that budgeted in to making this deal make sense. Right. Um, yeah. And then some of the other stuff I check is like, it's a lot of it's for lending. So um, is the ARV high? Um, and then work backwards, um, flood zones, property lines, like, am I going to have problems with, and some of the stuff, the title stuff will do, and some of the stuff you need to do yourself before it gets the title, because often title doesn't check property lines, um, and so, and, and even if you want to just do the cheap, easy way, just go to Google, and it'll show you where the property lines are, and it'll give you a pretty good idea, if you like, if it's going right through the middle of their house, you're like, probably should go deep, dig deeper into this, right? <laughs> um, but other parts of my due diligence, I pull comps because I'm in the, the residential real estate market. So uh, it's not like Darcy's where it's based on a cap rate. Mine's based on comparables in the neighborhood. So I pull comps uh, for rent, for ARV of the properties. Um, honestly, I'm not really concerned about the current value of the property because I do renovations on everything. So I, I work backwards on all my deals. So I to figure out my maximum allowable offer, I start with the ARV, you know, work backwards to do it. Um, verify these comps, verify all of these numbers. There is so many cool apps that exist to tell you what the ARV is, to tell you what the rent is, but you know who you really is, it's, this is part of the due diligence is, like I said, if you get the rent and, you know, Zillow or Rentometer or whatever app you're using tells you the rent, um, you still want to talk to a property manager, get it verified, get your, if you Hold a, you know, I have all these calculators for based on square footage to figure out how much the renovation should be based on different levels. You know, that's good for a good estimate. Get a contractor to verify it. You're, part of this whole thing is to get someone to check all your stuff <laughs> and sometimes double check. Sometimes you'll get two contractors to go through the property. Um, when I'm, before I buy a property, I usually, um, I've showed you guys on some of the um, earlier episodes, I'd go and check the neighborhoods. So I want to look at the crime and the school zones just to see what I'm in for. Uh, in the US, school zones are much more important than Canada. Can Canadian um, education or schools is fairly flat across. It's not, there's not the big differences in the, the funding for the different schools and the quality of the schools, but it's a bigger change in the US. So you, 
Um, once again, you don't, it's not a yes or a no based on this, but it's just, you need to know. And if you're gonna be into plant properties that are gonna take a lot more work, you better get paid for it. Um, so it's just, it's just what you need. You just need to run your numbers to know that stuff or be planning to fix things like if it's mechanicals or something like that. Um, and then I check taxes, um, what the current taxes are for property taxes, and I check back taxes. Um, that's kind of what I whipped up as my, my due diligence list. But um, like I said, there's all this stuff, especially in the US, it's really easy to go look and see if there's liens or back taxes on properties. Um, so you know, if, it, if it has the ability to do it, you may as well do it. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. well, Glenn, while you're talking, I was able to clarify my thoughts on this because I scribbled down a whole bunch of things and I have screens open all over the places with copies of different elements of our due diligence. Yeah. But just to put it into a framework for people, if we back up to the like the hundred foot lens, why do you do why do you do due diligence? Um, there's two really good reasons. First is to reduce uncertainty. And Glenn talked about specific ways that he's reducing uncertainty. Not the not not the why why you do this, but why and what's happening here not what but what's going to happen how did you say that it was really good i don't know <laughs> oh, that was gold folks um but you want to reduce uncertainty and you want to mitigate against risk so you want to know it might mean that you you still buy the property if it has a bad roof but you want to know how much and you want to have it monetized and that'll be part of your offer or part of your repairs but you just want to know why um and that those investigations fall into four domains as I see it. The first one is that we do right off the stop uh, with due diligence is check ourselves. Do we have physical capacity to do this? Um, if you can't complete the job, you shouldn't start it. If you don't have the physical capacity to do it, and you know, you might be in a bad cycle or you might be too busy. And a great opportunity comes along and say, no, because we're doing this and we will not be able to do this. And the risk to success and failure is usually you, whatever resources you can bring to bear. There's, a there's all the world money in the world, as we can know from the Canadian experience, we just had trillions of debt to the last two years. Like my daughter said, why don't we just print more money? We just did, right? It's, money's not the problem. Usually the first problem is you and whether you and your team has the ability to do this. And that's the due diligence that many people overlook. You get pushed into a deal with your partners or you push your partners into a deal and you're in over your head. So I check up with these four domains. Do we, can we personally do this? Look in your heart and say, can I do this? Can I commit to this for three to five or seven years? And if the answer is yes, then you can move on if you're honest with yourself. The second domain you'd be looking at is the physical asset. And Glenn went into that. Now it might need a real property report. It might need a phase one survey. That's a oral history of the property. It might need a phase two, a plan of mitigation and further investigation into potential hazards. Your bank's gonna require that. It might need an insurance audit. You might have to check what the past history of that property is with insurance, whether it's even insurable. Building with a bad past history may not be insurable in today's market. There's many buildings that are going uninsured because you can't get insurance because past managers were clowns and they just made a big hash of it. You might have been um, about to cover this, but like uh, the same thing too, if you don't have the, it's, it has too much vacancy, you may not be able to get yeah. dependable. Yep, it might be, uh, you know, they won't, uh, they won't have a building under finance or insurance, unless there's enough people in the building looking at it. You know, you may have to mitigate that by putting a, a security guard, alarm system, monitored alarms, some way to get around that. But if you have more than 10 or 15% or market vacancy, 
the insurance company is going to take a pass on it. They just won't. And it might represent a great idea and a great opportunity for you if the building is 50% vacant. You just can't get financing and insurance. Um, and that's what this chest will do beforehand. Know these things because you want to know beforehand, before you're into it, before you remove subjects or even waste your time on it, on offer. The third area will be financial and your letter from your banker or your lender or your financing partners will be really clear. Read through it, make sure this thing works for you. And the final is legal and legal can take a whole lot of searches, just like a quick thing from the last deal we're working on right now from our lawyer in Edmonton, there's tax searches and title searches, personal property registry, bankruptcy, litigation, historical environmental enforcement, orders against the property, zoning confirmation, um, uh, search of records from the city or municipality that you're in, search of fire services, outstanding uh, warrants or repair orders against these things. You can't close. And to find those out on the day before closing or that your bank requires a clean sheet on all these things, uh, you're stumbling around and you've got everybody, very expensive people waiting around on somebody, maybe you or a clerk or someone who's busy or a Friday afternoon, never close on a Friday, folks. On a Friday afternoon, trying to find a fire inspector who might have been gone home early or he's washing the truck or he's feeding their Dalmatian, but he is certainly not in a hurry to help you close your property. All these searches have to be done in advance. Due diligence is how you protect everybody from big harm. Um, it's just said don't close on the Friday. I also have a tip on don't close on the first because yes, it's an never. argument about what, who paid, who paid what. Yep. Make them collect all the rents that they say that are going to be there. Yeah. On the first of the month, all rents are due. In some jurisdictions, you're allowed to the fifth or the seventh before. Or close on the second and then get rent credits for everything. Yeah. So <laughs> they they collect 100% of the rents and they give you back 98%, but they do all the, they do all the collecting. And you've got 29 days to meet your tenants and make sure they know you're not a clown. And maybe you roll out your first three weeks of improvements to the property and they go, these new people are amazing. I'm willing to pay them the rent. But in that uncertain period, we're getting off track a little bit, but in that uncertain period in takeover, lots of people take advantage. I already paid the rent. Is that my rent? No, I never paid 850. My rent was always 775. Show me an estoppel certificate. Show me something I signed. And that's part of your due diligence package to confirm that those are the rents. That's the person. That's the suite. You know, that there's not uh, increases due, that they've been served. All that stuff. It's a big, big job. Up to date on the rent too. Absolutely. Uh, can, you, can you explain what an estoppel is for those who maybe not be familiar with it? Yeah, only in function. I think I could look up the, what it actually means, but how it's used in Ontario and BC this is a confirmation that the details in the tenancy are exactly as they are. And the um, seller generally has to take those certificates to each tenant and have them sign them before closing. So you get a list of, you close on a 40 unit building, you get 40 copies of estoppel certificates that say the, rent in, the tenant in 101, Starcy White, he's paying 850 a month. His rent started, his lease started this date. His lease is due this date. He has confirmed a half month's deposit or one month's deposit of $850. Um, all those details are in there and signed beforehand so that you know for sure there's no confusion. In Edmonton, that's not a thing. In Alberta, they don't do that. You get a certified rent roll, but they haven't signed it. The tenant hasn't signed it. And they look at it and go, that's not true at all. The seller signs it. And the seller may, if they're not an honest person, may put anything down or they may make an honest mistake. But you take an honest mistake to the door of a suite and say, you know, this is your rent. And they go, no, no, that's not it. And you have a problem. 
Um, it's a bit trickier closing in, in Alberta. Um, those estoppel certificates are, are a bit of a pain, but I love them. They put the onus on the seller to confirm our numbers and his numbers. Because if you've already purchased a property or ever looked at them, a pro forma statement is a giant uh, lie. It's a best guess. It's a, it's a polished turd at best. It's never true um, or rarely true. What's yep. really true is what you figure out in the due diligence and you can confirm with signatures and proof. Uh, pro formas are a way to start a conversation at best. They're not the conversation. Yep. Okay. Very fun. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so estoppels are really common in, uh, in commercial. Um, and um, I know, so we've, we've covered a lot of it now. Uh, I like to get an inspection, an appraisal, a phase one when when in certain circumstances when when it's unsure what uh, what was there uh, as prior uh, uses uh, in commercial and uh, recently i did um, an inspection of the electrical and it was um, the opportunity to get a, a price adjustment i got a price adjustment based on the, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, uh, inspection of the electrical and also an inspection on sewer system uh, septic tanks that were there and we bail out of the deal because the, the shape they were in uh, it was too um, too too complicated and would have been too costly to uh, connect those mobile homes to the sewer system so we we passed <coughs> in in commercial real estate uh, which is what i will try to focus on here um, it's good to talk to try and talk to the tenants and, and do some inspections at different times of the day. You know, if you have a restaurant, you go on a Friday night, uh, Saturday night, uh, go for dinner and try to evaluate the health of the business. Um, also, when you one of the tips I was given by uh, in a mastermind that I attend um, with Ash Patel, um, when you have lease agreements that are some of them can be month to month. Basically, you try to uh, renegotiate during due diligence period, and, and you can consider this due diligence phase as an opportunity to, to test drive a property, to see, you know, join local Facebook, Facebook groups, you know, if you have vacancy in the, in the plaza, if it's a retail plaza you're looking at, and try to gauge, you know, interest and then put an ad out there um, uh, to see, you know, if people are looking uh, for space uh, and, and talk to the tenants and see, you know, if is the space too small for them? Have they grown out of the space, which is a sign they might be living. So you, you want to, you want to look at this at this information. And uh, that's a really good idea. What kind of timelines is that um, Arash talking about that you would be in your well, due diligence period? like 60 days or 90 days just do a yeah, really fast market like, assessment yeah you'd have to have permission before you took your from the lend uh, from the seller before but if you would remove conditions and you're going towards closing i don't think they'd have a problem with you talking to the tenants about extensions that's a really good idea yeah yeah i did that on a on a, on a deal um with uh uh, back back in the back in last year uh, I took it for a test drive you know during two months and um, yeah was able to gauge the interest and uh, yeah yeah so that's, that's it for cool. due diligence so it's not legal advice uh, <laughs> that's good own, uh, yes that's very good point. your own due diligence these are just um, the way we do things so it's based on our experience it's not um, 
Uh, it's not legal advice we're providing, uh, very important. And um, yeah, so we, we hope you find value in the in the show. If you have a question or a topic you'd like to see covered, feel free to email us at advancedreitalk at gmail.com. It's advancedreitalk at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. That's good.